Welcome to episode 77 of the Strong Style Story Podcast here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I am your host, Selector Jeffrey Wessel. You can find me on Twitter at Strong Style Story without the Ian Style on Twitter. And I just said Twitter twice, didn't I? <laughs> uh, the blog is at strongstylestory.tumblr.com. With me today, uh, not Chris Domaseno. Uh, he actually had a death in the family. So, uh, so sorry to hear that, Chris. And uh, our, our thoughts and uh, and prayers are with you today. But with me today, instead, he is an award-winning Central Indiana radio personality and wrestling podcaster in his own right. Please welcome Zach Johnson to the program. Zach, how are you, my friend? I am doing well. I am glad that we could finally make this happen. I wish it was obviously under uh, better circumstances. Uh, this is uh, something that you and I, we've we've talked about. We bat around the idea for quite some time of me coming on and uh, being on a podcast with you, either this one or the the other podcast you do, the AW podcast, yeah, boom, boom Goes to Dynamite. Boom Goes to Dynamite, every Wednesday night on here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I've, I've got a fun story about that phrase, Boom Goes to Dynamite, from uh, from Muncie, Indiana, back in the day that uh, we might get into. Well, that's exactly where I got that from, so yeah, <laughs> I know exactly the phrase, because that's where I got that. I mean, I, I dropped the soundbite from that every episode, so yeah. So that guy... That was when I was at Ball State, and so like I knew that guy. I I was oh, friends man. with that guy, and uh, that that bombed. That here's the funny part. At first, when like everybody was talking about it, he thought everybody loved it because he was so good. Oh no! He he didn't like. It took him a while to realize. Like no, dude, they're laughing at yeah, you. Yeah, they're making they're not, fun of you, man. They're yeah. they're making fun of you. Well, but um, didn't I hear? I mean, I I have heard that he actually had has gone on to have a successful broadcasting career ever since then. Yeah, it was just one of those things where, you know, you get thrown on for the first time, you're nervous, and your brain basically short circuits, and that's what happened to him. Uh, I've been there. I've had those moments, so I I get it completely. But, well, uh, I mean, it's not as bad as the guy who, who was, the, it was the kid who, like, I think it was, like, up in Minnesota, like, the, the, the first time he is ever getting put on the air, and the first thing out of his mouth was, fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know that story. Yes. Oh I've my heard goodness. That story. So it, it turns out that both Zach and I have uh, ha- have tread similar ground in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Of course, about you know ten years difference. Although, and he made a career out of it. I just you know make silly wrestling podcasts and and and, and soccer <laughs> podcasts in my spare time. But uh, yeah, I, I did you know college radio at Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana, from you know from ninety one to ninety five. But that was back when the Ball State radio station was only carried on carrier current, which means it was on the electricity that was being pumped into the dorm rooms. So I never went out actually on the air until after I left the university. <laughs> yeah, when I was there, uh, the signal only reached about uh, around the university, uh, maybe a little bit outside of it. So it, it didn't have a massive reach by any means by then. I think they have a bigger signal now than they did even when I was there. But yeah, it's... Uh, it, it's crazy how it's a small world. Uh, well, I know that the yeah. uh, the the I know that the 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 frequency that they ended up giving uh, the the uh, the Ball State Station is the same frequency is used by Carmel High School. So, like, there's that. <laughs> if you're going north on 69, like if you're if you start out listening to the Carmel Station, it will transition into the Ball State Station at some point. Yes. 
So yeah, and there's uh, there's a few other uh, high school stations. I think one you, you may be familiar with uh, up over in Pendleton, Indiana, which I think that was where, where we that's where we met. I think. Yeah, and that's 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 where I got my start in the broadcast. That's where I dipped my toes into the broadcasting waters. Was uh, as a as a student at Pendleton Heights High School and. Uh, lo and behold, I got the bug and I've been doing it ever since. Yeah. Well, congratulations. And you got the wrestling bug cause you were even doing a, uh, another wrestling podcast earlier today. Uh, as a matter of this. fact, uh, I did, uh, I, I do audio and voiceover work and occasionally guest host, uh, an honorable mention, a ring of honor retrospective podcast. So boy, am I covering a couple of different gamuts today going from, you know, we were talking about the glory days of ring of honor when I was, uh, going to shows on a frequent basis, you know, 0405 Ring of Honor to 2021 New Japan Pro Wrestling. Well, as you know, we do have a uh, our own Ring of Honor retrospective podcast here on this network through the years. So, uh, it's a it's a fine yep. listen. I, I, I have you ever listened to that show? I have. Just I have as a comparison. To it all right. Well, all right. And I appreciate the fact that you said that you listened to Boom Goes the Dynamite too. So, yeah. So, uh if you if you still are in contact with with the guy who said that, tell him thank you, and and we appreciate the fact that we get to use this <laughs> to review <laughs> to open up every episode of an AEW uh, review show that we do. So <laughs> I'm sure his response would probably be, "What's an AEW?" Yeah, <laughs> where did he end up anyway? Uh, I actually don't know. I lost contact with him a long time ago. Fair enough. Fair enough. I and mean, we don't want to stalk the guy anyway. So. Yeah, that'd be weird. Yeah, that would be very, very, very weird. So, uh, so as I'm sure you've caught on, uh, New Japan in 2021 has not been a whole barrel of monkeys by any stretch of the imagination. Um, we've been kind of slowly going down this road for some time. Well, I mean, I guess technically ever since the restart, you know, back in June 2020, um, but we did kind of let it go a little bit because, you know, it was, you know, the whole world was on fire at the time. And, you know, we had, uh, you know, cut a little bit of slack, you know. Um, since Wrestle Kingdom, though, it, yeah, it, it's been a little bit of diminishing returns. It's not to say that there hasn't been some fun stuff. Shingo Takagi as IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, that's a good thing. I think. Yes. Very good thing. Uh, because Shingo Takagi delivers, uh, e- even when the matches aren't great, as we're going to get into um, coming up here. And, you know, there's been some other good developments, too, even through this Summer Struggle Tour, which, who, yeah, that they, they really accurately named that one, didn't they? <laughs> if ever there were an appropriate name for a tour, because, boy, was it a Summer Struggle to try to get through some of these shows. It, it, it was a slog. I mean, we haven't, re- I mean, this is the first episode in two months, because that's exactly how long this tour has been going on for. And, Man. Uh, only yeah. two months? It really felt like it went longer than that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel you. It, 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 it did feel like it went on longer than that. But no, it was only two months. And uh, yeah, I mean, our last episode was back in July. <laughs> so it, we're, we're, we're into September now. So uh, yeah, that, that, that's how that's gone. But also, you know, again, some positive developments. Uh, Yorotsuji and Yuya Uemura have graduated from young lion status and they're on their respective excursions. Now I feel a little bad for Yoda because he really wanted to go to Mexico and he is in rev pro in England. 
Yeah, that's that was a weird one when I saw him pop up there. I'm like, wow, that's that's where your excursion is going to be is over there. Like, I'm I'm sure it wasn't his first choice, and it was mostly just based on the situation of the world and how things are. Like, it I I really though was hoping that maybe he'd be able to come over to the states and you know do some new Japan strong stuff maybe and 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 work with some of these other companies as part of his excursion but no he gets shipped over to england yeah he's in revfro with okay cool shooter still over there uh for the time being and you know we were denied shota umino coming over here for the resurgence show but we'll, we'll get into that briefly but um i i i still think that there is something going on with the relationship between new japan and cmll which is why they didn't put they didn't send uh, Yoda over there. I think there, there may be something going on there. Uh, even though, you know, as of last weekend, Kazuchika Okada delivered a special message uh, to CMLL ahead of the their 88th anniversario, uh, you know, wishing them, a, you know, a happy 88th anniversary. Because, yeah, I mean, he has been over there. Uh, you know, he, he trained over there and, you know, did actually work a, uh, a CMLL show back in August of 2018. But I also think that there may be something going on with the relationship between those two, just because New Japan right now is so focused on the relationships with Impact and AEW, and of course they have relationships with AAA. So I, you know, the 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 lucha politics are getting <laughs> hot and heavy. I think a little bit. Yeah, and 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 who knows? Maybe that message that Okada recorded that could, maybe could have been part of New Japan trying to kind of mend the fences a little bit, try to you know, try to make things right by telling them like, "Hey, we we're still partners with you. We still we still care about the relationship with you guys." You know, having Okada put together a message like that, uh that very well could be part of New Japan's attempt to kind of mend the fences, so to speak. Yeah, I, I and I really don't deny that i mean i i i think i even think i said that in in the blog too that yeah this is just kind of a public message from new japan saying that yeah we're we're, we're still cool you know <laughs> we're, we're, we're still besties here but uh, you know yeah. we, we know we're playing with the other kids for right now but really you know you, you you're the one who sticks by us so uh so but with that said uh yuya ha- on the other hand has gone to the la dojo and uh he's doing well for himself right now he is picked up two wins so far of the matches that have been shown. I know there was a third match that was pre-taped, but that hasn't aired yet. So I honestly don't know the result of that one, but, um, cause I tried not to, cause I want to have something to, <laughs> well, I want to have something to write about, you know, <laughs> you yeah. know when, when the, when the episode airs, but, um, yeah, you, uh, you know, got the big win at resurgence in that 10 man. And yeah, then, they put him over big in that match. And then just last night, as we record this, in West Coast Pro in San Francisco, he beat Vinny Massaro, which I heard that was a really good match on Twitter. It's apparently on IWTV, which I don't subscribe to. I may have to bite the bullet and do so, especially if I want to see a lot of these shows that Minoru Suzuki are going to be on, which uh, we'll get to that briefly soon, because I've already been talking about that on Boom Goes the Dynamite, so I don't want to you know, have too much crossover in content, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Yuya is, uh, looking kind of fire so far in his excursion. 
Yeah, and that's what you want to see out of uh, a talent like him coming over here, getting the opportunity to to thrive and getting the opportunity to learn and grow and and put on good showings. Like that's what you want to see. You don't want to you know send your long, young line over and the response to his matches be like. Well, these are kind of shit. This is yeah. This isn't good. So, like, to have him going out and also expanding beyond the LA dojo and just New Japan strong, to actually be visiting these other promotions like West Coast Pro and putting out a good effort and putting forth a good showing, like that's that's what you would you know what you would want to see from an excursion like this. So, yeah, it's good to see that Yuya's excursion so far is off to a pretty solid start. Yeah, I mean, I remember back in November 2019 seeing, uh, you know, uh, Ren Narita beat Isaiah's Vela- Isaiah Velasquez in uh, in Black Label. That was uh, that, that was great to see that, you know. Yeah. And you know, so yeah, it, it's it's really good, good that he's getting you know some of these opportunities. I hope he gets to go to different promotions too. You know, uh, some other different promotions, maybe even make it an AEW appearance, even because I mean, Red Narita and Rocky Romero did not too long ago. So I mean, yeah, why, the I hell, mean why the hell not? Yeah, it, it, he'd be the perfect guy to have pop up on like a dark or an elevation, just to, to have a little showcase match and uh, and put forth some effort again, get a chance to to learn from some of the talents there at AEW, put them with a with an experienced uh, vet that you can learn from. You maybe wouldn't pick up the win, but you could still put forth a, a good effort. So I think uh, I think somebody like Yuya, that, that'd be the perfect candidate for the quote-unquote forbidden door to open up and have him pop up from time to time on some of these uh, YouTube shows for AW. Just get the work, get the experience to, uh, to work with these talents, work with a different venue, a different crowd, because, I mean, that's the idea of these excursions. Get Take as much in as you can from as many different outlets as you can to to grow and to learn yeah i mean i mean let's face it as far as the excursions goes go we we have boy we we have it's been a long time since okato at this point hasn't it i mean it's it's a different world now like they don't even bother giving you know gimmicks at this point because we already know these folk because of new japan world you know we know who these people are why are you i mean they i think they even more or less maybe abandoned it in Mexico too. I mean, he would remember, uh, here I Kawato. They didn't put him under a mask. They just made him Kawato son, you know, and, and all that. Um, I, I still think people still expect everybody to have, you know, a Kama Itachi level excursion, even though the history doesn't really bear that out. It's like, you know, it is the, it's the folk like Hiromu is Kama Itachi or, you know, Keiji Muto, as great Muda that, you know, it, it's the exceptions that prove the rule because really, uh, you know, for the most part, excursions are mostly, you know, it's okay though. It's, uh, you know, it, it's Manabu Nakanishi as Kurosawa. It's, you know, <laughs> that, that sort of thing. Yeah. That's yeah. a throwback Kurosawa. Yeah. <laughs> God, remember he- I was, I was actually watching uh, an old WCW show, uh, like last week and he popped up and I'm like, Holy crap. That's Nakanishi. <laughs> yep. Monster mornings, yo. I had, I had completely forgotten about his excursion as Kurosawa, and then I, that popped up, and I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. But also, you know, as one group of young lions transition out, we have a new set of young lions, too. Now, yes, we, we, we get, uh, yes, we do. Uh, they are Ryohei Oiwa and Kosei Fujita. Uh, to to young strapping lads, you've only had you know four time limit draws so far, 
but uh, you know, it, 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 it's a start, right? And uh, I, I'm really hoping that eventually we're going to get you know Yuto Nakashima back from his elbow injury because be ashamed if his entire New Japan career was you know 26 seconds long or however long it was before his elbow dislocated in, in his debut match. Yeah, that was that was an unfortunate uh, turn of events, and uh, yeah, you, you certainly hope that eventually we'll get a chance to see him back in a new Japan ring. And the only thing that worries me about that is, you know, when he comes back, obviously he's going to be at square one and, and everybody else is going to be so far ahead. So it, it really is going to be like a fresh start for him. Yeah. And I mean, they showed, you know, during, during Oiwa and Fujita's uh, debuts, they, they did show him there. So maybe, you know, maybe he is coming back. So, you know, but you know, there there was some some high points. Other high points is that we got a a shocking uh, breakup of a beloved tag team in Rapongi 3K. They are no more. Uh, you know, show basically, you know, show Fujita turned on Yo Yohei Kamatsu. Uh, this had some great potential, and then this is this is where we're going to transition into you know one of our main topics today is kind of the 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 malaise of of new Japan in, in 2021 is that they immediately make it a bullet club turn, which is about the most boring way they could have done this. In my, I, I did not like this at all. I didn't like the split. I didn't like the turn. I didn't like the joining the bullet club. Uh, honestly, if I really wish it would have been the other way around, I wish it would have been yo, that would have turned and maybe not join up with bullet club, maybe join with one of the other, uh, factions or units in new Japan. But I had always thought it maybe would be yo, because, you know, I'm just, I'm thinking back, you know, before, like he had, you know, the injuries and whatnot, like show was the one that a lot of people were talking about as, Oh, this is the, the guy out of Rapongi three K. Cause you always end up talking about which one has the more potential out of the two. And I would always hear a lot more people talking about show, as as being the guy that could maybe someday be the guy like yo would you know yo's good yo's good but for some reason people seem to gravitate towards show so i'd always thought if you're going to break up the team and have it not be just the mutual like hey we've decided like the team's run its course we're going to go our separate ways go singles if you insist on one of them turning have it be yo and have it be like he's jealous that the partner is the one getting all the all the pub, all the buzz, like, hey, I'm here too. Why aren't you talking about me? Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, I've been saying this for years now that the the of the two back when they were young lines, it was Yohei that got my attention. But I also admit that a lot of that was on the basis of a tag team match that uh, Yo had gone into DDT with Hiroshi Tanahashi against uh, Hiroshima and Kenoka. And just the performance that Yohei put on in that match, I thought were was phenomenal. And I thought he was going to be the one out of those two. But, I mean, in the real world, you know, Sho has in very many ways surpassed Yo. And, of course, a lot of that was due to injuries, which is not entirely Yo's fault, of course. Um, but, you know, at the same time, if Sho being the one that turns... You know, again, given his recent outing in Glate, you know, in, in a UWF-style match against Takanori Ito that he was victorious on, and, you know, he has MMA bona fides besides, why not put him with Suzuki Gun? 
you know? Yeah. Or, you know, even the Empire who need it because of Will Ospreay and his nonsense. You know? Yeah, that, that group needs a junior right now. I mean, they, they well, don't they really need, have any representation. Yeah, they need numbers. And, you know, again, this is uh, this is one of the, another big problem of New Japan 2021 because of Will Ospreay doing what Will Ospreay did for, you know, for reasons of his own and, you know, for, for legitimate or worked. And now the most interesting persona in New Japan pro wrestling in the last year, great Ocon can't regularly get booked on shows now. You know, yeah, because there's something was, wrong there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he was basically, you know, the number two to, uh, Osprey. And when you're supposed to be the number two guy in a group, but the leader's gone, the, the group tends to fall by the wayside. I mean, that's, yeah. And, and the other problem is, is that Jeff Cobb, neither Jeff Cobb nor Aaron Hanare, you know, the, the, because of everything going on with, with COVID and, and, and states of emergency and quarantines, et cetera, et cetera, they can't be booked with any real consistency. You yeah, because you never know when one of them's not going to be around for the next uh, tour of shows. So, I mean, yeah, th- this, I mean, I, I, I feel bad for, for Tomoyuki Oka for this. Because he, he really, I mean, I never thought much of him as a young line. Great Ocon is a great character. And he does thing he does things in his matches that nobody else does in New Japan. And I think this is something that you need to nurture. You know? Yeah, like he needs that opportunity to improve and grow. Because he definitely has room for improvement, room to grow. But you're not going to get that when you're not getting opportunities to work on shows. And you're not going to get that when you're not getting... Uh, spotlight opportunities like uh, it, it it really does hurt him quite a bit, and that's probably one of the reasons why I saw some people roll their eyes when he was announced for the G one. Like, ah, oh, he's going to be in the G one. Like, but I think part of it's because fans just are kind of cooled off on him because he's been inconsistently around. Yeah, and I I think that's wrong. I mean, again, I, as far as I'm concerned, he is one of the, he is the most interesting persona that has come back to New Japan in the last year. You know, he he has a character that nobody else does. You know, he has a character that nobody else does. He he does things in the ring that nobody else does. You know, right? You know, just you know, when, when, you know, I think one of the things that sold me is just little things too, like you know when when Naito did his tranquilo pose in that ma- in that singles match way back, I think it was in February, and Okan's response was just to laugh at it. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, all right, you you got jokes, okay, you know, right? It's like nobody else did that. Everybody else got pissed off. Okan just laughed at it. It's like, okay, <laughs> all right, well here I I got jokes too. You know. But right. uh, and, and we're going to get into this, of course, because this is also a G1 Climax 31 preview. Um, but, um, you know, again, wh- why? Why Bullet Club, for God's sake? I mean, <laughs> for- and, and even then, like, it's this subgroup that they've that they formed in the Bullet Club with the absolutely terrible name of the House of Torture. Gato, what do you think, man? Yeah, they, they already went to this well last year, which I understood it last year because their backs were up against the wall. Why did they right. do it now? And and they 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 had to have seen the response because the response to Evil and Bullet Club was not exactly the greatest. There were a lot of fans that were scratching their head like, okay, we understand that 
you needed somebody to fill that gap, but why him? Like, why, why go this route? And yeah, to go to that well. I mean, again, to be fair, like, his oh, name was evil, but you know, <laughs> to, yeah. to be fair, that's 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 true. We maybe, maybe, like maybe should have seen that they one had coming, but yeah. <laughs> I, I I feel like that's the only basis they had though for the turn. It's like, well, his name is evil. Let's let's turn him heel and put him in Bullet Club. But like, it's it's weird to after a year of you know the the negative responses to to this to go back to that well again a year later. It's just so weird. Yeah, and, and of course we we you know sub factions of Bullet Club always it, this always works out and it never you know drags on and we never get a, a breakup tease or anything. <clears throat> yeah. The Bullet Club is fine. Yeah, right. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully maybe this this feud won't just end on a boat this time. You know, just say okay, we're we're done with this. Yeah. <laughs> oh lordy, 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 lordy. Uh, yeah, I mean it's just creatively again shingo as champion was is a fantastic thing yes that match against evil at wrestle grand slam was not great (laughs) no it was not it was not at all um and again like that's one of those things where it it makes you wonder like why do you keep going back to this well because obviously it was it was not where we'll see going in. There was not a lot of excitement going into the match. Fans were not exactly like amped up for, you know, Shingo against evil. Like, it's like, Hey, we love Shingo, but man, why does he got to defend against evil? I mean, and, there, and there was, was some storyline continuity there. I, I will admit because Shingo never, right. I mean, you know, there, there's still, you know, the, the, the wounds from evil turning his back on them last year. But I mean, still that, by then, that, that had completely cooled off. And I understand that new champions should mean new matches and new feuds. And I get that. It just, really, nobody gave a shit was the problem. Yeah. And like that was the, That's basically what I was trying to get at, was it just nobody cared. It's like, why why evil? We don't care. We want we want something different. Like, we, we want some fresh matchups here. We, we don't want to vi- revisit this. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I, it's just a creative malaise right now. Like creatively, they are out of ideas. And you know what? They're unfortunately, they're not the only ones because I mean, if you take a look at like, say the, the, the champion or uh, not the champion carnival from all Japan, that was uh that was a good book tournament, but the recent Royal road tournament, the Odo tournament that just ended, you know, when we have, you know, when, when you're trying to make your, your, your big generational rivalry, Kento Miyahara versus, you know, the current triple crown champion, Jake Lee, and then neither of them make the finals for the Odo tournament and you just go back to Suoma, you know, it just seems like, yeah, they're, they're out of ideas. Like Suoma's opponent showed, you know, Shotaro Oshino would have been a better idea. That would have been a fresher match, I think. And admittedly, yeah. I mean, I know that Suoma should have faced Jake Lee to begin with, because but Suoma had COVID and had to vacate the Triple Crown and all that. Which boy, that ended up having some uh, some parallels because you know <laughs> what happened with <laughs> because yeah because uh, matches changing due to illness and and all this you know at major show at, at delayed major shows, but you know that, that that's wrestling in the COVID era, I guess. Pretty but, much, yeah, but. 
you know, and it, it's not again, it's not just New Japan. I mean, now the 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 big deal is that you know the both nights of Wrestle Grand Slam barely drew over two thousand. To to a baseball stadium, <laughs> to it to right. a, to a dome, and they barely drew over two thousand. And I mean, at the same time, there, there's been some debate on Twitter to just today when a a a big Japan show in Yokohama, which is like their home base, only drew thirty three people. Wow. To it to a three hundred seated. Now there was some there's some nuances here and this and that, but still by any stretch of the imagination, drawing thirty three people e- even at a half a ten you know, only being allowed to have half attendance of like hundred and fifty, that is not a good looking number, no matter how you look at it. No. And and New Japan only being able to draw two thousand for uh, a pair of baseball stadium shows. Like, I mean, when was the last time that they drew numbers that bad for shows in venues that big? Like that just, that if anything is one of the biggest indictments on, on the state of new Japan right now, where you can't even really get the diehards to come out and, I, I, and I come would, out to shows. I, I would say it's probably going to be in that period between 2007 and 2010, you know, when Anoki had just sold to Ukes to and all that. But then again, you know, they were all worked attendances at Dome Show, so God knows how many actually attended, you know? That's true. true. Like, e- e- even at, e- even at their, their their dirt worst, you know, the New Japan were claiming 50,000 attendance in the Tokyo Dome, which we, we all know was bullshit. You know, it, it was totally a work number, you know? Super no vacancy. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> But you know, I, I mean, so I mean, the the only seemingly really good booked promotions right now seem to be Noah and Dragon Gate in Japan. You know, I've I've heard about Freedoms, but I don't watch Freedoms, so I can't really comment one way or the other because I'm not that big of a deathmatch guy. Even though I did watch a lot of GCW this past <laughs> the weekend before, but you know, <laughs> so did I. As a matter of fact, <laughs> oh man. Oh man, that Art of War Games show was absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> but anyway. that was that was the main one that I watched, and yeah, that was that was a fantastic show uh, as part of a fantastic weekend of shows. Yeah, I wish I could have gone to them. I had tickets to all of them, but you know that Delta variant. Yeah, boy, <laughs> I, I I am not taking no chances right now. But you know, it, so creatively, we're not in a great place right now. Uh, societally, we're not in a great place right now because of COVID. And I, I have spent a lot of time on the blog, again, still talking about the states of emergency. I'm not going to get into it here, but let's just say, yeah, I'll just put it this way. The state of emergency is now extended to September the 30th. So you've already extended this like three other times. And it's gotten to the point now, the prime minister has actually said he will not seek re-election as leader of the ruling party. So there will be a new prime minister in Japan soon. And possibly, you know, depending on the results of the general election that's supposed to take place on or before November the 28th of this year, um, there's going to be uh, a new prime minister and possibly a new ruling party. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, things are, you know, not great in Japan. Let's just put it that way. And uh, we know that it's not going to be a um uh, and we know it's not going to be 
easy getting fans in the door. And in fact, you know, Takaaki Kadani, you know, the, the owner of New Japan, the owner of Bushi Road, and the owner of Stardom, who we haven't even really talked about, because, you know, those Stardom matches were actually pretty good on Wrestle Grand Slam, I gotta say. And I'm glad we got to saw th- see them, and I hope we get more Stardom content on NJPW World. Yes, I was going to uh, to talk about that if we got the opportunity. I loved the fact that uh, they finally aired the Stardom matches, because, like, that was one of the, like, I thought that was so cool that, like, at Wrestle Kingdom the last couple of years, that they would have stardom opening matches but they didn't air them and i'm like why not air them well be they well well there's a very simple answer to that because stardom's tv had pre-existing tv contracts with uh ntv which is one of tv asahi's biggest competitors so there, there it was it was just the 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 uh you know the 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 vague areas of tv contracts is why they couldn't do that because, you know, TV Asahi is, of course, the minority partner in New Japan, and they're the facilitator of NJPW World. So that's just what it comes down to. That makes sense. It's is just TV contracts. And it really just is as simple as that. It's, it's pre-existing TV contracts. No, I love the fact that we did get to see that, and I hope maybe that they've resolved whatever the issues were that, uh, that were preventing, you know, showing it. And maybe, you know, maybe some agreements will be will be had, but you know, when they announce a three night wrestle kingdom and then Takaki Kadani gives an interview to Tokyo sports bemoaning that, you know, they're uh, that right now acknowledging that new Japan is in a down cycle. And it's good that he's acknowledging this. Yeah. You know, it is not like the old days of Inoki where of course, you know, where everything's cool, you know, <laughs> no, they're not. It's not. Everything's cool right now. But uh, yeah, it's it it's good when the head of a company can actually come out and be honest about the the state of things and say like, look, we understand that we're on a downswing right now and we're working to 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 swing it back around because obviously they're going to want to try to be on the upswing by the time those three shows roll around for Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, and those you know the three shows, of course, are they're going to be you know the January fourth and fifth at the Tokyo Dome, and then on January eighth there is a. There's going to be Wrestle Kingdom in Yokohama Arena for the very first time. They're going to run a Wrestle Kingdom show outside the Tokyo Dome, which is fine that they're they're trying to experiment this. I just maybe think that they're they're asking for too much to do a three day event event when they're in a down cycle. And the interview that Kadani gave to, to Tokyo Sports, you know, he, he he's being honest about it, but his solutions seem to be booking more matches which you know i guess maybe could also be read as booking more events yeah but either way i don't think that's the case and it's not booking more matches i don't know if we want we need more matches i like the six match show format i don't want to go back to the endless tag match prelude tag match rut you know i mean they could maybe use one or two more matches on a card i mean are, were people really clamoring to watch a half-hour Toro Yanu Chase Owens I Quit match? No, and, and and that's something I wanted to bring up too. Is that yes, that 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 is part of the malaise when we're we're doing this. Nobody wanted to see that. I mean, honestly, I don't think anybody wanted to see Jeff Cobb and Okada go thirty either. To yeah. be honest, I mean, like I think that's part of it. Like it feels like you know they've shortened the number of matches on the card, but they feel like they have to go as long as a typical New Japan card did. So that meant 
now the undercard matches are going even longer and they're dragging out and they're slogging. And like, that's, I think that's part of the, the issue with new Japan is it's getting to be a chore to watch the shows because half the time it feels like they're dragging out the matches for the sake of dragging out the matches and padding time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these matches do. uh, Most of these matches do not need to be that long. And uh, people say that this is the legacy, you know, this is the new Japan way. Well, you know what? This is actually the legacy of, the King's Road style. Because if you look back in the day, the strong style, you know, IWGB title matches going 10 minutes used to be, you know, a fairly regular occurrence, you know, <laughs> way back in the day. Right. So I, I, the, the idea that, and, you know, of course, you know, this was, you know, Kenny Omega's whole gimmick is that, yes, I do epics, you know, <laughs> but not everybody wants epics all the time. Sometimes you just need a squash, you know, <laughs> And like to me, the irony of all that because I'm I'm literally looking at the match times from that show right now uh, on the block. Strong style story. Uh, Tumblr. Because I'm I'm, yes. <laughs> I'm 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 looking at it for notes, and I I'm looking. You know that match with Yano and Owens that went 28 minutes. Cobb and Okada went 27 minutes. But then the main event of Tanahashi Ibushi 17. Yeah, I mean that, yeah, I mean that was a perfect. You know, for that level of the of the title, yes, that was perfect. And you know, we're we're getting you know thirty plus minute, never open weight comedy title matches now. You know the you know the, the 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 tag team titles, which is great that, you know, again, it's great that they've held these belts for over a year and done nine defenses. But then Yoshihashi is one of those title holders. Yeah. Something is not working here, you know. <laughs> Yeah, something definitely needs to change. I mean, we really didn't need that uh, triple threat tag team match going 26 minutes. We even really didn't need that triple threat tag team match. Well, no, we didn't really need the triple threat tag team no, match either. No, I mean, yeah, the, yeah, three-way match, yeah, triple threat matches that have nothing new to say and haven't since, you know, probably that impact match. You know, the, you know the one. Yeah. Yeah. Like... But like, yeah, the, 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 if you're going to insist on it happening, it doesn't need to be that long. Yeah, no, exactly. And now, I mean, okay, Robbie Eagles and Hiromu, okay, maybe that's worth 24 minutes. Maybe, you know. Shingo and Evil, that didn't need to go that long. But, you know, it's the, the heavyweight championship, okay. You got to give that a little bit of leeway. I mean... But again, Cobb, I mean, I, I think we, we figured out a while ago, we love Kazuchika Okada, but we figured out a while ago, you can safely cut out the first 10 minutes of most Kazuchika Okada singles matches <laughs> at yeah. this point. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it really is. I mean, he's he's mastered his style. We He knows how to, to work his style, and we know that those first 10 minutes or so, that's like the, the feeling out, the easing into a process, and then it gets really good about 10 minutes in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you can safely miss the first 10 minutes. I mean, n- never does Okada get walloped by, you know, a lariat going in, you know? <laughs> it's, not, it's just always, a, a, as you said, always a feeling out process for the first 10 minutes. I, I think something like that needs to happen during the G1. Just have a match where Okada gets caught off guard because somebody decides, you know what, I'm going to just sprint at this dude and just, like, catch him off guard beat him in less than 10 and everybody's like what the hell just happened you know what i i think i know the match that that could happen in, and we'll talk about that during our g1 climax preview we'll get there we promise but i mean i i I really i I, it's easy for us to say but really 
the one of the biggest problems is that a lack of compelling ideas and storylines using the talents that are actually available to them right now. And I think so because oh, go ahead. I was going to say I think uh, you know I know it's easy for people to say like oh they relied way too much on the foreign talent. For me, that was one of the things I liked about New Japan was the variety of the talent that they used and they brought in, but not having access to those guys because of the pandemic obviously exposed a lot of holes in the new Japan roster. And I think one of the biggest issues is they've now had a year and they haven't figured out how to fill those gaps. Cause I think Gato had just been on cruise control thinking like, well, I'll get him back eventually. It's fine, but they haven't come back yet. Not full time, not, not on a consistent basis. And so like, they've still never bothered to fill those gaps in the, in the roster. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of gaps. Yeah, as you said, there are a lot of gaps in this roster right now, and you know, and we're even going to be bringing this up during uh, when we discuss the G1 climax. I mean, yeah, it, this G1 climax is going to be notable for who's not in it as as much as it is who is in it. But I mean. You know, they have, as I said, they have potential with show versus yo to make something interesting. I mean, but no, they, they, they immediately went back. Oh, we'll just put them with Bullet Club. And why? They, they went, they've been down this well too many times, you know, and we, we get that there were, there were, you know, issues with Will Ospreay, you know, and, and, and he had physical issues and, you know, you know, just even merging the belts into the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship didn't even go over very well in Japan. I mean, not just us Western internet fans where we think we are the dominant, you know, <laughs> POV in this. No, even the Japanese fans said, why are you doing this? And it hasn't gone over great. You know, which is why they do need to give Shingo, you know, make Shingo a great champion because this belt needs that, you know, it needs that legitimacy now. Yeah, because there's the feeling that belt's cursed because of what's happened to it since it's come about. Yeah, exactly. And look what's happened to the to the to the promotion since then. Yeah, but it was already on that. I mean, let's face it; it was already on that road. And yeah, they they just really need to start working. They they really need to start coming up with better storylines with the existing talents that they have. And recognize that the environment that they're in right now, they're still acting as if, oh, yeah, eventually it's going to all the pandemic's going to all go away and everything's cool. And we're going to go back to, you know, 10 match, you know, tour shows. I mean, the, the world's changed, man. You know, the world's changed. More people are, you know, more wrestling fans are getting. I mean, I, I I'm speaking for myself as much as. You know, with the rise of AEW, they're getting used to a six-match, two-hour show now, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it, CMLL has always, I mean, you know, the Ernest nice Espectacular has always been a six-match show on Friday nights. And it's usually over within two and a half hours, you know? Yeah, there's there's no reason to to drag it out. You know, there's, and like, there's there's a lot to be said for how good a, six match, two hour show can be because like dynamite flies by every week. It like, does. It's, it's a, it's a breezy watch to where by the time it's over, you're like, Oh shit, it's over already. We're at the main event already. Whereas like, you know, watching the last few new Japan shows, it's been how many more matches till we get to the main. Yeah. It, it, I mean, 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, again, I mean, and it's also, you know, it's undeniable that AEW is the hot product right now. And it's also undeniable New Japan has really cooled off. And it's also undeniable that wrestling is a cyclical business and we've been down this road before. Yeah. I mean, obviously the hope is that eventually New Japan, they'll find their footing, they'll, they'll, they'll refine themselves, they'll bounce back. But, you know, we just got to get there. We got to get there. And who knows, maybe... Maybe the G1 this year is that opportunity for a little bit of a reboot, a little bit of a reset, because, you know, it's easy to spin feuds out of the G1 and and match results and everything. So maybe for, for New Japan, this upcoming G1 could be the opportunity to have like that soft reboot and kind of set some new things in motion. Yeah. I, again, it hasn't been all bad. I like Shingo as champion. I actually like Dangerous Techers as the tag team champions. I think it's been yes. Unexpectedly, I've really enjoyed them. I mean, I even really unexpectedly enjoyed their feud with Girls of Destiny earlier this year too. I, I did not expect to like that, but I did. You know, and there's you know we've we've had several brand new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champions too, El Desperado and Robbie Eagles. Now, you know, that's fine, but they're. Just overall, the presentation and the product just it seems to be spinning its wheels. Yeah, and the fans are recognizing this, and they're like, and you know, at this point, they're like, why are we risking coming down with Delta variant COVID for this? You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I I almost feel like based on some of the reaction I've seen to the announcement for like the blocks and stuff for this year's G1. I almost feel like if new Japan strong were to announce their own American G1, that would be better received Yeah, it, than, it's, than this G1. Yeah. It, new Japan strong. I, I don't watch it often, especially not on Fridays now because of AEW rampage, but right. they, they have been actually doing a pretty decent product. I, I am there. looking forward to the move to Saturday nights because uh, I know that's coming for strong. Yeah, that is uh, next week, as a matter of fact. So, yeah. Yeah, like I'm I'm looking forward to that because I'm hoping it's going to be easier for me to catch up with it because, yeah, for for me personally, I, you know, especially this time of year, I cover high school sports for our radio stations and stuff. So that means, you know, Friday nights uh, this time of year, I'm doing Friday night football. So when I get home, it's all I can do to get home and 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 watch Rampage. And then by then I'm ready to get some rest because I'm tired so like new japan strong is the farthest thing from my mind and i end up forgetting about it and not catching up on it and then next week rolls around same thing so i think being on a saturday night is going to be a lot easier to catch strong when, when did when did friday night become the night for high school football is it because of the damn tv show because i'm telling you i i, I was explaining this to my son because we're you know back in the chicago area now and I was explaining to my son, it's like, yeah, when I did band in high school, it's like, yeah, we had a march on Saturdays because that's when our games were. <laughs> we're it was Saturday afternoons. Yeah. And now I it's don't always know. on Friday nights now, even, you know, because the, the high school he goes to is like, you know, mere blocks from me and I can hear it, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know when Friday night became the night for, for high school football, but it's just, it's, it's been that way. So that means that uh, every Friday night until, you know, mid-october or so i'm i'm on a football field i'm not able to watch any wrestling like i haven't yeah. caught smackdown in three weeks well are, are you poorer for it or <laughs> what with smackdown yeah i mean i wanted to check out the show from uh from msg and i've heard that that was a decent show last night like i, I now there are a few things about smackdown that i don't hate 
Okay, fair. I, I, I haven't watched <laughs> WWE product since 2002, so. <laughs> In fact, last time I watched WWE, it was still the WWF, so, you know. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we keep circling back to G1 Climax, and so maybe we should discuss G1 Climax uh, as that starts uh, this coming Saturday, uh, the 18th of September from Osaka Edeon Arena, Running until Thursday, October Thursday, October the twenty wow. first. Man, they don't even do weekend G one climax finals anymore. It's now on. It's now uh, on, on. You know the, the 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 block finals are on a Monday and a Wednesday, and now we have a Thursday final. The whole that schedule, scheduling the, is so weird. The whole schedule is jacked up, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> the, the whole schedule is jacked up. But. Um, so yeah, the uh, the blocks were announced uh, this past Sunday when we went, you know, from uh, from Russell Grand Slam in uh, in MetLife Dome, which you know it, it's up there. You know, it, it's a it's an interesting spectacle to watch it in MetLife Dome. But yeah, the the lack of crowd was was kind of depressing there, and that's you know kind of part and parcel with what we're dealing with. Long story short, just to wrap up that tangent, they really they just need to do better compelling storylines with the talents that they have and not just keep hoping that people are going to come back. Yeah. So they, 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 they got to find really, a way to reboot things. Yeah. They, they really do need to find a way to reboot things. And, you know, if that, you know, involves, you know, forgetting about the likes of Will Ospreay or, you know, even Jay White right now, so be it. I mean, they, I mean, they, they got to work with what they have because this is the product that we're covering and this is what it looks like, and it doesn't look great. But in any event, uh, so we they are still keeping with a 20-wrestler tournament, as in previous years. Um, so l- l- let's just run down the blocks. Uh, starting in A block, we have Kota Ibushi, uh, Tomohiro Ishii, Toriyano, uh, the current reigning IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Shingo Takagi, uh, his sable mate Tetsuya Naido, Zack Saber Jr., Great Okan, uh, making his G1 Climax debut, Kenta returning, which was a bit of a surprise, Tonga Loa, which oh boy, <laughs> we'll talk about that here in a minute, and uh, Yujiro Takahashi, also his second consecutive uh, G1 Climax after an absence of uh, of a few years, but. How bad off are we when Tongaloa is in the G1 climax? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna say one of these things is not like the other because like <laughs> that A block the A block is solid like I I I dig that A block lineup. You swap out Tongaloa for somebody else, and I think you've got a pretty decent A block because we know Yujiro is mostly there to to take falls with people, and there's always a guy or two in a block that's there for pretty much that role for the most part. But, uh, you know, the A block, I think, isn't bad. Like, I I think that that's a a pretty decent block uh, there. But, yeah, Tongaloa just sticks out like a sore thumb. Tongaloa is not good as a singles wrestler. I don't care how much heat I get for this. As a singles wrestler, he stinks. And the, the, the few outings he had, he's had in New Japan Pro Wrestling has borne this out. Yeah, no, I, I, you will not get an argument from me on that point. Like Tom, Tama is the the wrestler of the group. <laughs> Tama, yeah. Tama is much better 
Uh, and you can tell Tama carries the load in the tag team with those two as well. So, yeah, I have a feeling this G1 is going to expose a lot of people to the flaws of uh, Tangalo if they didn't already know they were there. Yeah, I mean... God, even though I, 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 even though Bad Luck Fale hasn't even really been worthwhile for years, I mean, even he would be more understandable in this tournament yeah. than than Tongaloa. But again, there could be some issues. I mean, Bad Luck Fale hasn't been around in ages. Like I can't remember the last time I saw Bad Luck Fale on the card. Well, and we know that uh, that 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 area, the Australia New Zealand area, they take the cro- COVID protocols and stuff very very oh, seriously. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 no surprise that he would not be around for these shows. But also, great Ocon. Okay, yes, <laughs> yes, he's getting on shows. We need this, you know. <laughs> yeah, like like you said, like you know, for him, he's one of the better things going right now. But he needs that more exposure. He needs more people to get eyes on them. And this is the perfect opportunity to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm happy about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, a block except for Tongaloa. Yeah. The, the, I mean, Ujiro is kind of whatever. There's always you know, somebody who, who's looks like a schmuck in, in G one, you know, in, in, in each block, which on that note, let's go to B block. <laughs> great transition a plus yeah uh thanks I, I i am a professional after all uh we have hiroshi tanahashi kazuchika okada so yes we are getting a tanahashi versus okada match in g1 climax um in fact we'll discuss that here shortly uh hiroki goto yoshihashi sanada taichi jeff cobb Tamatonga, okay, Evil, and Chase Owens making his uh, G1 Climax debut. Now, as much as we just buried Tonga Loa, Chase Owens, I can sort of understand. Because yes. he has been getting a little bit of a you know, higher profile the last year. But let's be real. If some of the names that uh, we wish were around for the G1 were actually around for the G1, Chase Owens ain't sniffing the G1. Oh, no. Yeah, and let's talk about, you know, some of the names that are not on this list. For example, Jay White, Juice Robinson, Will Ospreay, even though, I I mean, let's face it, I can't stand Will Ospreay. (laughs) He's... As we just kind of went into in detail on Boom Goes to Dynamite last week, we, we have our reasons for really disliking Will Ospreay, but, you know, he would have been a bigger name to put in G1 Climax. Uh, Minoru Suzuki. Uh, Satoshi Kojima, it seems, will never get his last G1. You know? <laughs> and he was just on, you know, an AEW pay-per-view. Yeah. But it, it seems Kojima is not going to get his last G1. And then, you know, or, you know, even someone like David Finley, who has yet to debut in G1. He has never wrestled at G1. Right. But he so. he would have been a good fit, I think, yeah. uh, in the G1. Because I think it, uh, G1 for Finley could do what it did for Juice, where it really, like, puts that showcase on him as a singles wrestler, gives him the opportunity to, to break out, show what he can do. But, uh, yeah, I mean... You know, what does it say about the state of New Japan when one of your your go-to top guys, Minoru Suzuki, says, you know what, I'm going to go to America for a month. See you later. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go do a tour of the U.S. Indies instead. Yeah. 
I'm going to go wrestle Jonathan Gresham on the same show where Ron Funch is a comedian is going to wrestle Tony Deppin. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, light tubes are going to get used in some point, too, because you know, this, this is GCW, after all, we're, we're talking about. Maybe we're just going to become a GCW podcast. I don't know. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I mean... <laughs> you know, I don't think I've encountered an actual dedicated GCW podcast. If you have a GCW podcast, hit me up uh, at Strong Style Story without the Ian Style on Twitter. Um, Let us know that you exist. Yes, yes. I, I, I will plug in an actual dedicated Game Changer Wrestling podcast. We will do it. I'm, I'm sure, you know, Paul Sebastian, my co-host on Boom Goes the Dynamite, he too would like to know this, if such a thing exists. But... Um, yeah, they, some of these lineups are solid, but they're they're just so a lot missing. Like again, Jay White not being in G One Climax that just seems wrong, you know. It really does, and so like Jay he's White, a title holder right now, even you know. Yeah, Jay White's a title holder, and like for me, in recent years, he's been one of the highlights of New Japan. Like I've absolutely loved watching the evolution of switchblade jay white like he is legit one of my favorite dudes in new japan so he, he for like knows, him that he knows how be to there. be a heel he knows how to yeah. how to work the crowd as a heel it is amazing how he, he he knows how to work i mean even you know that that show recently in um in chicago heights at warrior wrestling when you know people are wanting to high five and to sweet him and he's just high-fiving himself instead you know it says this is awesome you know this is yeah. what you do you know like I, I love watching Switchblade do his stuff. So the idea of uh, a, a G1 without Switchblade, where he's been like one of the MVPs of the G1 the last few years, one of the standouts, always having good matches, like that's going to be a notable absence. Yeah, I mean, it, no, it, it really is. And I mean, God help me, it, it, even again, Juice not being there, or you know, God help me, you know, Osprey. You know, it, I mean, I it's mean, something. It, it's something there. It, it was, I mean, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it, it, I get, I, I feel like, you know, or, you know, even John Moxley, John Moxley yeah. missing from G1 again after that 29, you know, after G1 climax 29, where he was one of the absolute him and shooter were one of the absolute highlights of that tournament. You know, they absolutely were like he, he fit in there like a glove. Like he oh, really yeah. did. It was amazing how well it. It was amazing how well John Moxley fit in with, with, uh, with, with New Japan, and I'm glad that they're kind of going back to it now. I mean, now he's like you know the guy who straddles between AEW and New Japan, but it, it's been mostly on AEW programming, mostly. Well, I, I, I you know, we're kind of veering off track here, but uh, I, I do love the story of. John Moxley versus Japan, where he just keeps issuing open challenges. Somebody from Japan, come fight me! Yeah, we, please. We, yeah, we are going to get the match with Tanahashi eventually. We have to. Yeah, we have they, to. We have to. But yeah, it's just again, most of the wrestlers deserve to be here. You know, a, a, you know, a, 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 as is their standing in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. The people who are, I think, I get the feeling that this tournament is going to be defined more by who is not here than who is than who is here. I think that's an accurate statement. I think that's a, a good way to sum it up. I think that was the general response, you know, because you and I, we read a lot of the same social media. We saw the responses when, when the blocks were announced. There was a lot of, oh, my 
I don't know if I can face a G1 without XYZ. And man, this guy, you know, he's not in the G1 unless so and so, if so and so is around. So, like, I think that is going to be the hallmark of this G1. First off, that it's happening later in the year, which understandable because of the Olympics and everything, but yeah, also yeah. because of just who's not there and the bodies they had to throw in to to pad the numbers and fill out the spots. Like, oof. Because, I mean, there there are some potential for really good matches in these blocks. Like, absolutely, there are going to be some good matches in these blocks, but there are also going to be some stinkers. Yeah, there are, and this the, 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 I don't think this is going to be a very I, I don't think this is going to be a very highly regarded G one climax, to be honest. No, I I have a feeling that the general uh, response to this G one is going to be like, let's just get through it. We got to do it. Let's just power through it and get to the end. Like yeah. that's that's good. that's basically going to be the idea for a lot of people. It's just like we know we got to do it. Let's just let's just get through it now I, I will note this that on uh, on sunday the 19th of september is uh the main event that night will be in in b block hiroshi tanahashi versus kazuchika okada the last time they met in g1 was the first night in of uh g129 in dallas and that was you know after th- three previous g1 climax meetings which all went to 30 minute time limit draws kazuchika okada finally got the uh Finally got the the Duke. I think Tanahashi is actually going to even that that score now because he is a, be, he is a title holder. Of course, yeah. I, unless you want to set up an Okada uh, Tanahashi IWGP US title match for a big show down the line, just so you can say that you had that match for the US title at some point, I think Tanahashi goes over here. Yeah, I, I think so too. They're they're gonna so it's gonna be a one three and one situation now for their their history in G one climax. But you also know from years of experience that you can look at the block final, you know, the, the last days of the blocks, and you can read the booking to see who's gonna win these blocks <laughs> when you see what matches are are booked that day. Right. So, like you know, I think we can safely say on the the last day of A block. Yujiro, neither Yujiro Takahashi nor Tangaloa are going to be major factors. So therefore, it will not be either Shingo Takagi nor Zack Sabre Jr. that wins the block. <laughs> you know? um, oh, come on. You, you don't think that, uh, that Yujiro is going to go on that Cinderella run? <laughs> come on. Um, however, the last day of A block, which is, of course, uh, Monday, October the 18th from, uh, from Yokohama Budokan, uh, Cody Ibushi versus Kenta and um, Tetsuya Naido versus Great Okan. I think the winner of one of those is going to be the, the block winner. Maybe. I, I think so. Like, um, unless it's one of those things where, you know, maybe, you know, because... Me personally, I think uh, I I would love to see you know again we talk about establishing uh, Shingo as the champion. I would love to see him win the G one as champion and and call his shot for for Wrestle Kingdom. So maybe it's one of those situations where Shingo has racked up points. So those final couple of matches are maybe like a Naito or like a Zack Saber Junior. Like trying to get the points, trying right. to get the points to to either tie or to, or to tie or top. Uh, Shingo's mark so maybe you could do a a story like that but yeah it's 
that that one to me is a very interesting block for how it could go out because you could go a few different ways in that a block yeah i think that that's the case um i i don't know who is going to win a block i'm kind of hoping it is not Kota Ibushi because he's already won G1 Climax three, you know, twice consecutively has been in the last three finals. I, I don't think we, we don't need to, to prove Kota Ibushi again. Yeah. yeah. And I, 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 I don't think that's going to be very well received either. If, if, if Kota gets there again yeah, and wins since, it again, especially since his title reign was kind of a disaster. <laughs> let's, yeah. Let's I'm, not be as, let's not be as excited as a lot of us were for the prospect of Kota Ibushi uh, winning the big one. What happened afterwards was not quite so good. Yeah. On the other hand, on the last day of B block, which is on Wednesday, October the 20th from uh, Tokyo, Nippon Budokan, um, I could tell which ones is going to be the 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 block winning deciders, and it's going to be Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Taiichi, or the rubber match between Kazuchika Okada versus Jeff Cobb. Mm. And I think I know who's going to win win this block, <laughs> and, and, and therefore also G One Climax. You thinking? Uh, you thinking they go Okada? Yeah, I, I am. And the reason is is because uh, Wrestle Kingdom 16 will be 10 years of the Rainmaker, so I think they're going to make a big deal out of that. That is a, that is a very good point. That is a a very, very good point. Um, yeah, I mean, the only other one that I would think uh, maybe Sonata. So maybe you have that, that LIJ face-off in the, uh, in the you know, grand final, the you know, like I said, I I would love to see Shingo win the A block, so maybe you have Sonata win the B block, so you have that Lij matchup. Yeah, but uh, Sonata was in, in the final. final. Sonata was in the final last year too. That's true. That's true. So, but at least know. he wasn't in it two or three times in a row like Ibushi. Well, that's true. Uh, but <laughs> I, I I just think that this is set up. I mean, Okada hasn't done squat since Wrestle Kingdom fourteen. Like literally right. has. Not really done. I mean, okay, he had the feud with Osprey, but even then, that wasn't a big thing, you know? I, I think this is where we put Okada back in. And, 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 I mean, he was supposed to face Osprey for the for the title, and that, of course, match, of course, never happened in any way, shape, or form. So I think this is where we get Okada back into the main event picture and get Okada... You know, on the on the road to headlining, you know, Wrestle Kingdom again. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. Um, yeah, because it does it does say a lot about the uh, the situation Okada has been in when you say like his last real big moment was when he ripped off the pants. <laughs> like, like that for some reason, like that sticking out of my head is like the last major Okada moment was when he you know ripped off those pants and showed he was wearing the old Rainmaker shorts again. And everybody was like. Oh, the old Okada's back. Yeah. And like, so yeah, yeah maybe, maybe it's time for Okada to, to have another big moment. Yeah. I think he, I he mean, is probably due. I mean, actually it was, you know, the, the, the match with Naito at, at the, you know, the second night of Wrestle Kingdom 14, I think it was his really last truly big moment. Right. Um, you know, cause it was the, the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the start of the double gold era and which of course, you know, unfortunately the pandemic put paid to that, but it still wasn't bad per se, but. 
just you know yeah, i still it, wish they would have uh you know the the double gold dash was a cool idea the idea of somebody walking out winner take all but i really wish they would have eventually you know split them off by having you know defending the individual belts and eventually you know, one of them had to go yeah i know it, it, I, I wish they would have done that too because again i don't yeah because th- this iwgp world heavyweight title thing has not worked out so far but maybe hopefully shingo takagi can make something happen with that so uh as we so i yeah my pick is okada to win it all what and are you still going with shingo uh, see now that you brought up the 10 years of the rainmaker thing, cause that didn't even occur to me. I'm like 50, 50 on, I, I still like the idea of Shingo winning and calling his shot. Uh, oh, I do too. Believe me. Or <laughs> like, I, I just, I, and like, I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, they don't by then hope that they can get Osprey back since he's carrying around his own belt and you have the. You know, the, the the true unification match between the two headline night one of Wrestle Kingdom and then maybe night two is that's where, you know, the 10 years of Okada comes into play because maybe he lays down the challenge of, you know, my 10th anniversary is the Rainmaker. I should headline night two of the Tokyo Dome and face the winner. And New Japan's just like, yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know but, what? They, they got three nights of Wrestle Kingdom to play with now. So yeah. So <laughs> for, for better, or I, for I worse, think I'm, so. I, I think I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to say, uh, Shingo, the IWGP champion, uh, wins the whole thing and gets to call his shot for Wrestle Kingdom. That's that's I'm, I'm, I made that prediction when we were talking about the a block and I'm going to stick with it. Okay. You know what? Fair enough. I I'm going to go with Kazuchika Okada. I, I, you know what? I would really like Shingo versus Okada to be the block fi- to be the, the final. I think that would rule. And, you know, believe me, my love of Shingo Takagi is well known on this program because we're we're about to we're about to we're about to disqualify him from being the best New Japan wrestler of the year because he's about to win it three years running. And (laughs) we'll we'll just name the award after him at this point. But uh, and again, as we mentioned a couple of times, uh, Minoru Suzuki is on a a tour of the U.S. Indies. Uh, I've talked about this at length also on on Boom Goes the Dynamite, so I'm not going to go totally into that here. But some of those dates are, you know, New Japan of America dates, too, in addition to four, you know, Game Changer Wrestling uh, shows and some other U.S. Indies, too, like all the way out in, you know, Dilworth, Minnesota. Against Dominic, right. Dominic Greeny on the 21st of October. I think that match is going to rule. I and love he's not Dominic done with uh, he's not done with AEW either because nope. they've teased that he's going to have a message this Wednesday for John Moxley with Lance Archer. So I'm sure we're going to get a tag match at oh, some yeah. point. The Suzuki Goon reunion. I, I've heard a spoiler from Dark Tapings today that uh, there may be a, a big match happening at one of the. Uh, at the uh, the Arthur Ashe Stadium AEW show, but we'll we'll approach that on Boom Goes the Dynamite when the uh, when, when the time comes. But yeah, there is going to be some uh, Minoru Suzuki uh, on New Japan of America shows coming up here too. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned for that. And of course, you know everything else will be on the blog where I'm gonna I'll probably talk about it more at length. So. <laughs> Well, I wanted to do this in an hour and 30 minutes, and it looks like we're going to get just under that. So, uh, Zach, thank you for coming by. Go ahead and plug yourself. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. That's probably the easiest way to keep up with what I'm doing because I'm a, I'm a busy dude. So follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Radio ZT. 
and uh, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you uh, having me on, man. Like I said, we've we've circled this idea a few times. Uh, it's almost happened a couple of times, so I'm glad that we could finally – uh, make it happen and do a podcast together, dude. Indeed. Yeah. I hope, I hope this isn't the only opportunity we get to do that too. So, uh, you know, we'll, uh, well, you never know. We'll, we'll see you know, what the future holds between us. Uh, as for me, you can find me at strong style story without the E in style on Twitter. The blog is at strong style story at humbler.com. Uh, you have been listening us through, uh, the PWM podcast network. Um, once again, uh, my heartfelt condolences to, you know, my usual co-host, Chris Damasceno, had a death in his family uh, this past week. So, uh, you know, we, we hope uh, everything you, you and your you and yours will, will be all right, buddy. So, uh, uh, Zach, do you have any last words for us? Uh, I want to echo your sentiments. Uh, much love and thoughts to the family. Like I said earlier, you know, I'd, I'm glad that we could finally do a podcast together. But I, I do wish that uh, the necessity for me to step in was under. Uh, much different, different circumstances. So, uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, much love. And like I said, thank you very much for having me on. This was a pleasure and hopefully not the last time. Yeah, hopefully not. So, uh, all right. G1 climax starts next Sunday, Saturday, and, uh, we're running through October. So we'll, we'll probably see you in late again from this parish, uh, late October, uh, of course, you can catch me every week on Boom Goes the Dynamite as well. So uh, until then, take care. Goodbye. <laughs>